Hello and welcome. This is our 302 Thoughts, a part of our One Thing series where we dig deeper into our focus for the month to help leaders grow faster, lead better. And we could not be more excited about this important topic. Um, It's huge, right, TJ? This is one of those things that isn't very um, hard to talk about, but difficult to get into the particular. So we're talking about trust and what trust looks like within an organization. Um, I love the focus quote for the month, which is trust dies, but mistrust blossoms and boy, can it blossom quick. And so we're going to touch on that a little bit tonight um, because trust is so easy to lose, so hard to gain. And I think a lot of that's also because of how we are built as human beings. Like if we have been affected by something or someone, we carry that with us. And that carry, that baggage sometimes can affect other relationships, other performances, um, how we interact with people, whether we like it or not. And so sometimes a bad situation at one time can lead to a a non-trusting environment in another. Um, But we also want to ground trust, and I'm going to turn it over to TJ in a second, but we want to make sure we're grounding trust into the four powerful domains that leaders should spend their time with. So not only is it important to build trusting relationships, it's critical to make sure a lot of school leaders and district administrators, um, principals, this is where they're spending their time if they want to improve student achievement first is leading, teaching, learning, and development. And we talk about leaders, principals being instructional leaders, but can they actually lead teaching and learning develop, professional development, PLCs? Are they that engrossed in the work? And are they that skilled? The others, we wanna make sure there's quality teaching going on. If we're all going into a room, do we see what's going on? Can we calibrate what we see, and then calibrate the feedback we would give uh, to to staff. And then also establishing goals and expectations. I think a lot of systems are now used to this. We attribute a lot of this to standardization. Standardization has a lot of positives. This is one of them. People know targets. They know what to hit, but actualizing those goals and those expectations is what gets tough. And that's where trust is critical for those first three. And then the last is also strategic resourcing. So you want to spend time in that fourth domain. How and where are we putting our resources? And again, that is the staff trusting the administration that they're doing what they can to support staff. And then also, once the staff member has the tool, like technology, Um, They're using well, and there's a mutual trust that they're all working towards um, those goals and expectations through the resources provided, um, all grounded in trust. But you know what? Trust always is a little complicated. And why don't you get into that a little bit, TJ? Yeah, so trust is a complicated thing. It's often elusive. So we can't find, you know, clear definitions in our mind or even the actions that are associated with trust from a day-to-day and minute-to-minute perspective. We always do point at Covey's 13 high trust behaviors, which we'll talk a little bit about, 
um, here in a bit because that provides clarity. But when you read those 13 high trust behaviors, some of the other books that we've recommend, recommended on, on trust and how to build trust in schools, you find really quickly that trust is counterintuitive. A lot of what we think we're doing to build trust uh, doesn't actually do that. And a lot of things that we think will tarnish trust are actually the things that will build it the fastest. And so in our model this month, we talk about three things, Joe, in terms of what leaders have been told about trust that's just flat out wrong. And so I'll name the three and then we can dive into them. The first is to build friends, to build relationships first, and then to dive it deeper into the work. Um, and that just doesn't work, right? It's, it's actually, um, the reason that it doesn't work is because once you've built a friendship at work that's not about the work, it's going to feel really difficult and really yucky to then go in and try to improve someone's practice and telling them that we're not meeting the grade and that we're not doing what we need to to meet students' needs. It's actually better to build the trust through the work, through doing the work together um, and clarifying expectations and confronting reality. So you think not to confront reality, again, one of Covey's 13 high trust behaviors, because you're going to wait to confront reality until you have this in with a person or this friendship or this relationship. Um, and all that does is, uh, is erode the relationship once you have it. And so it's better to build it right from the get-go. The second thing we talk about is leading only and focusing only on strengths. Joe, I know you're going to talk about this a little bit here in a minute, but we can't just lead from strengths. There's been a lot about that strengths finder, uh, strengths-based leadership. We believe in all that, but we also know people have weaknesses and we have to tackle those as well. Um, and the third thing is that we need to treat everyone the same. Leaders are taught that, um, we're told that, and it's just not true. We, everybody has different needs and everybody needs to be treated uh, differently in accordance with their needs. I mean, if you actually treat everybody the same way, that erodes trust too. Um, especially when we know we have really high performers and we have people who need extra support. And to treat those two groups of people the same um, is going to definitely erode trust, especially with those, those higher performers. It's kind of like going to a faculty meeting and saying we need to come to work on time when there's only a couple of people who need to be told that they need to come to work on time. Those are the kind of things we're talking about when we talk about treating everyone the same. Um, Joe, I was going to say a little bit more about that building relationships piece because it's it's told especially to new leaders, new coaches, new administrators that they need to build relationships first, and they kind of pull back on the evaluative part, on the confront reality part, um, and they're trying to wait for that in, and we wait long enough until we feel like we've had the, built the friendships and built the relationships with people, and then it becomes almost too late to then do the work that needs to be done. So if you're a new leader out there, um, our recommendation is to get into your position, definitely assess where you are, uh, think hard about the people, um, who's doing what and in, 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 um, in, in what regard. But the assessment part doesn't mean that you pause the work or ghost, or ghost slow you can build the relationship by doing work with people, um, by demonstrating that you're getting better, by listening to folks. But that by all means does not mean that you build a friendship with people so that you can then tell them that they're doing something wrong later. And so hopefully new leaders can get something from that. How about strengths, Joe? 
Yeah, just to piggyback off that a little bit, you're absolutely right. It's not the relationships um, that allow leaders to be influential. That comes with time regardless in a positive or negative manner. Again, it's focusing on the core values of the organization and the relationship is built on achieving those core values. And so we never want to leverage um, friendships and so forth, which is critical about not focusing solely on strengths. Now, we love Soar With Your Strengths. Um, A lot of Don Clifton's work, the Strength Finders, all that stuff is fantastic. And recognize that's where you want to live because that's where you'll see exponential achievement. That said, your weaknesses can't drag you down to levels of ineffectiveness. And so you never want to constantly work on you know, your, your weaknesses to the point where you think they're going to become a strength. You want to manage your weaknesses so they never really hinder or hamper your ability to get things done. And just this goes back to like the turtle. You know, the turtle's not going to go fast. That's fine. The turtle has a lot of strengths, a lot of ways in which it contributes in the turtle way. And patiently, the turtle will get there and do so effectively. But being, you know, speedy is not the turtle's strength. And when we work with people in that regard, we'll only frustrate everyone. However, we don't want to be crippled by some of our weaknesses And to really break that down, if someone has a weakness in instruction, it has to be addressed. You know, if someone has a weakness with performance in terms of like professional responsibilities, getting to work on time, as TJ mentioned, that needs to be addressed. You know, those are things that are fixable, that are doable. You work on those things. We want to soar with our strengths because that's your best self but it doesn't mean we ignore those other areas. It's very true, Joe. And it's actually kind of a nice segue into treating everyone the same because we tend to want to use the same strategies with everybody, either to improve their performance, to lift them, to reward them, but that doesn't work. We can use some blanket approaches as a school culture like walkthroughs, we're going to do that for everybody to improve their practice. But when the walkthrough is not working for a certain segment of, of, of staff members, we need to implement something else on top of that, put some other support into place, right? So we, can, we can't continue to, you know, praise, celebrate, evaluate, um, um, and improve performance the exact, exact same way for all of our staff members. They need a differentiated approach to that Um, to all of those things, right? Not everybody likes to be celebrated in the same way. Not everybody likes to be praised um, and confronted in the same way. So we just have to learn. The the trust comes from learning what folks need in terms of the support they need to do their job and to do it well, and the the ways in which that we can celebrate them uniquely um, and also improve their performance uniquely. And so we can't stress that enough. We've got lots of tools for helping to improve schools, school culture, um, and so on, but you can't treat everybody the same. And it is a knee-jerk reaction to think that that fair uh, is going to mean equal, but equal and fair are not the same thing. And so leaders have to, to remember that. And any new leader, again, listening now, 
you think you might want to try to like treat everybody the same and that's going to create trust and this lack of like having uh, um you know your favorites and it's just not true everybody has to be treated just a little bit differently to meet their needs joe i'm going to mention one resource and then i know you are and then we'll close out we've brought it up before but our reps survey that is in our building a winning team book i know you can't see me holding this up because it's a podcast but our live uh, guests can and so one of the mini surveys within the six-part survey is actually about trust it's 10 questions about trust you can use those 10 questions to measure trust. So we opened with the fact that trust is elusive. It's also counterintuitive. But one thing that leaders need is to be able to measure it. There's not a lot of school culture surveys out there. REPS is a cool uh, a school culture survey. It's research-based. It's evidence-based. And you can use it in your department. You can use it with a small group of people. You can use it with your whole staff. You can use it in its individual parts. But there's questions about trust, and you'll get some great feedback on how you need to grow and build trust in your school. And I'll also mention, Joe, because you brought up resources within the support questions in the survey, because there are trust questions and there's also support questions. There's questions in there like, I have the necessary instructional materials to successfully meet the needs of my students, right? You'll want to know that as well, because like Joe said, when people feel supported with resources, um, they also trust the system to help them do what it is that they're intending to do. Um, so check out Rep Survey. It's in the Building a Winning Team book. Uh, we'd love to hear from you on it. Joe, any other resources we want to recommend for our listeners? Yes. And the reason we dig into the resources is understanding you know, this philosophically, trust, how it plays out for a leader, how to build relationships around trust, how to impact school culture is important. Understanding it and knowing how to build it like clearly the actions you need to take um, are two separate things. So the resource that I love, and TJ mentioned um, Speed of Trust with Covey earlier, and that resource, that book, I wanted to recommend these trust action cards. Um, they're along with the book, but you can get them separately. And these action cards are pretty cool because they put you in the driver's seat to build trust. So we know listening is a critical skill for leaders. Well, how well do you listen? And sometimes you gotta remind yourself what active listening is. And like these trust cards from the speed of trust will really break down what it means. So like, for example, in this trust card, it says what to say, and it'll give you prompts. What I hear you saying is, let me make sure I understand what you're trying to say memorizing these types of prompts are vital. That way we ensure we're listening and not tripping up on even what we're going to say next, not only offer an opinion, but sometimes we quit listening, not because we're, we don't want to listen to the person, but we're starting to get a little afraid on what am I going to say next, not even to contribute, but just activate more conversation. So memorizing some of these prompts even helps with activating conversation. Um, and let's little things like, well, let's clarify that. This is what I hear you saying. Am I understanding that correctly? These are great tools to let people know you're really listening. You really want to understand what they're saying. And it will definitely build trust between you and the individual and altogether the team. 
Yeah, that's such a great resource. Great to have on hand the, the high trust playing cards. There you have it, folks. Another 302 Thoughts, part of our One Thing series, live podcast recording at the Schoolhouse 302. We hope to see you next time. We hope you enjoyed this information about trust, uh, our blog, our podcasts, our video blogs, always on the topic of leadership to help you lead better and grow faster. Thanks, folks. And now a word from our sponsors. Hey, Joe, you know what leaders need these days? What's that, TJ? Sleep. A good night's rest, self-care. We've heard it over and over and over again from our guests on the podcast that you can't pour from an empty cup. Leaders need sleep. One of the number one ways you can replenish yourself and lead better is a good night's sleep. I hear you, but you know what? I'm so tired. I don't even like thinking about, you know, getting a good night's sleep. But, you know, do tell, how do we go about getting better sleep? Well, I think that's part of your problem is you need a better bed. It always starts with the bed. That's why we recommend Ghost Bed, our sponsor with 30,000 plus five-star reviews. Their patented sleep and cooling technology gets you to sleep faster and longer than any other bed. That's right. And their handcrafted mattresses come with a hundred and one night at-home sleep trial and a two times the industry standard warranty. They're absolutely certain that their beds will work for you. And with free shipping within 24 hours of your purchase, it's fantastic uh, support from the company. And guess what? Just for being a listener at the Schoolhouse 302, you get 30% off with the use of our code SH302 at checkout. You go to ghostbed.com. You get some sleep so that you can lead better and grow faster. You use SH302 at checkout. Absolutely. And last thing, even if you don't need a bed, you're thinking, wow, I would love to try out Ghost Bed, but I just bought a bed. Refer someone else for a bed at ghostbed.com. You'll get a hundred bucks for helping someone else get a good night's rest. Wow, that's 30% off with SH302 code at ghostbed.com. A hundred bucks for your referral if you get somebody else a good night's sleep. Better sleep for you, better leadership. Ghostbed.com, you can't beat it. Ghostbed.com. Ghostbed.com.